Well, uh, today we're coming to the end of this summer-long sermon series that we've been in, uh, we've called A Word for the Weary, where we've been looking at various stories and psalms and sayings from the Word of God that speaks a message of hope and a perspective and, and, and wisdom for those who are worn out and wearied by the chances and changes of life. Week after week after week, we've been asking the question, what does God's Word have to say? What provision does it point us towards as a resource to handle the the stresses and the strains that we face in life? Over the summer, we've looked at stories from Moses and Elijah and Job. We've considered scriptures from the Psalms and and Lamentations. We've looked at, at the apostles' teaching from various epistles. We've considered the resources that God has provided for physical fatigue and for emotional fatigue. We've talked about the, the exhaustion that comes from fear and worry when it feels like the world is falling apart all around us. And when we can't understand why what is happening to us is happening to us. And we've talked about the hope and the joy that we can have even in the midst of the trials that we encounter that exhaust us. And as we come to the end of this series Uh, Today we're looking at a passage of Scripture that I believe sums up everything else that we've considered thus far and points us towards towards that ultimate and the only true and lasting hope that we have for our weariness. And so uh, this word, it comes to us from Matthew chapter 11. Uh, We're going to be looking beginning in verse 28. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn there with me and, and let's consider together God's ultimate provision for the weariness of life. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says to his followers, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. What we have here from Jesus is an invitation to those who are tired and worn out, exhausted and weary by the work and the weight of the world. Those who are struggling to find contentment and peace in their innermost being. And what Jesus offers to the one who is weary through his invitation is rest. Not just bodily rest, but soul rest. Rest at the very deepest level of one's self. He's offering an an abiding inner peace. Now, there have been lots of invitations in this world and throughout human history that have offered soul rest and inner peace to the one who is weary. It is a common and a frequent invitation that is offered, uh, because it's something that we're all after. It's something that we all need. And so what I want us to consider this morning is, is why is Jesus's invitation any different from, from all the other invitations to rest that are out there? Why is Jesus's invitation to find rest for our souls in Matthew 11 different from all the other offers of, of rest and peace that exist in the world? What is unique about Jesus's invitation? And in order to determine that uh, this morning, uh, we're going to consider uh, from Jesus' invitation in Matthew chapter 11, uh, what is unique about what we are invited to, 
What is unique about the inviter and what is unique about what the invitation requires, okay? So, so first, what is unique about what we are invited to? And the, the reality is there are lots of invitations that exist in our world that, that beckon us to come and find rest for our souls. That every major religion offers this in one form or another. Buddhism offers, invites us to come and find rest for our souls through the attaining of nirvana. It's a belief that, that we can find freedom and peace if we no longer desire the things that cause suffering in our lives. The invitation from Buddhism acknowledges that this is difficult, but it insists that it can be achieved and, and that enlightenment can be found by following the eightfold path. This path requires that you live your life with right understanding, right intention, right action, right speech, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right meditation. It's an invitation to find rest for your soul through an eightfold path. That's Buddhism's invitation. Islam invites you to find rest for your soul as well. Its invitation is to find rest for your soul by adhering to the five pillars of Islam, which are uh, you have to recite a declaration of faith, you have to perform ritual prayers in the proper way uh, five times each day, there's paying of alms to benefit the poor and the needy, there's fasting in the month of Ramadan, and, and, and the making of a pilgrimage to Mecca at least at some point in your life. That's all. Instead of the eight things that Buddhism requires, Islam's invitation only requires five. If you adhere to those five pillars, you can have peace with Allah and a deep level of rest in your soul. Judaism is another major religion that extends an offer to peace to, to any who are seeking it. In Judaism, peace with God and rest in your soul is found by adhering to God's law, given in the Ten Commandments and expanded and expounded through the Law and the Prophets. The definitive list of those laws, as, as published by a prominent Jewish philosopher from the 12th century, stated that there are 613 laws to follow in total. 248 positive commands, uh, things that you have to do, and 365 prohibitions, things that you aren't allowed to do. Uh, given that there are 248 positive commands, and that at that time, uh, the Jews believed that there were 248 distinct parts of the human body. This philosopher summarized that one was to remember and obey the, God, the positive commands of God with all of one's self, right? Uh, one command for each part of the body. And since there were 365 days in a year associated with the number of prohibitions in the law, they summarized that one was to remember and not was to remember not to disobey God's commands each day of the year. So all you needed to do to find peace with God in Judaism was to obey all of the laws of God with every part of your body every day of the year. That's all. Do that and you will have peace. Rest in the depths of your soul. All of the major world religions offer deep soul rest to those who seek it. And if you're not religious, that's okay too. Because the secular world also offers all kinds of paths to the rest, to this type of rest for your soul that we're talking about. If you simply were to type into a Google search engine how to find inner peace, you will be led to 1 billion and 30 million results in 0.65 seconds. <laughs> The first several of which provide you offerings such as 
25 ways to bring more peace into your life, 40 ways to create peace of mind, 22 things you can start doing right now to find inner peace. Ten things that mentally strong people do, or they actually, ten things that mentally strong people give up in order to gain inner peace. And the suggestions go on and on and on, for page after page after page. For those looking for peace, apart from some larger religious being or philosophy, there is self-help galore available at the tap of a finger. Now I want to pause for just a moment and consider Do you see what all of these options have in common? Do you recognize what each of these paths is inviting us into? For every one of these options, every one of these paths to finding that deep inner soul rest that we all desire, that we all need, every one of them invites us into a program. They invite us into something that we have to do. Follow the Eightfold Path. Adhere to the Five Pillars of Islam. Obey the commands of God. Choose a self-help program. They're all basically the same. In order to find that deep and abiding rest for your soul that we all want and need, every other option that the world has to offer, religious and secular, invites you to a program, something for you to do. And this is what's so unique about Jesus and the invitation that he extends to those who are looking for rest here in Matthew chapter 11. You see what is different? And Jesus doesn't invite you into a program. He invites you to a person. Come to me, Jesus said. Come to me. He isn't insisting that we adhere to a plan that we have to do. He's inviting us to a person that we get to know. Jesus' invitation is completely unique in all of creation in that way. Every other path invites you into requirements But Jesus invites you into relationship. All of the others say, come to this plan, to this path, to this way of teaching, and it will give you peace. But Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. His invitation is completely unique in all of the world. There's nothing else like it. This is what we're invited to in Jesus. We're invited to a person. The next, I want us to consider what's unique about the inviter. Because again, I believe that what we find in Jesus is completely different from anything else in creation. For you see, if you're invited into, into a program, into a pathway that has required steps, if we're invited into a law that has rules and regulations, what you're invited into is something that is, that is strict and firm. Rules and regulations and requirements are by nature inflexible, and harsh, and demanding, and exacting. You have to do them exactly right, or they don't produce for you. If you do seven of the eight steps on the eightfold path, it doesn't get you anywhere. You can't find nirvana. If you skip one of the pillars of Islam, the the entire structure falls down. It doesn't work. If you transgress even one of the 613 Old Testament laws, the game is up. The rest for your soul is gone. If you're not disciplined enough to follow the self-help steps that you choose and and keep following them forever, it won't help you. You'll be right back where you started. With all of these other options, it's like the Scripture says in James chapter 2, verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. The law 
rules, regulations, programs, and plans that they're harsh and demanding and unforgiving of our weaknesses and our failures and our shortcomings. They require a perfection which we're unable to give them. But Jesus is different. Unlike the harsh and demanding requirements of the law, what we find when we come to Jesus is one who, as we're told in verse 29, is gentle and lowly in heart. He's kind and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, but is forgiving of our shortcomings. We can fail and still have hope in Him. And part of the reason why this is so amazing is is because of who Jesus is. As we heard from verse 27 earlier in the passage, that Jesus is the one to whom all authority has been handed to. He is the one in control of all things, with all power and all authority over all of the earth. Yet unlike the authorities of this world who lord their authority over others and who exercises authority over them, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. He didn't come to demand something from you, but to give something to you. Rest. He is gentle and lowly in heart. He's come amongst us as a servant to help and not to harm. This is what is unique about our inviter. And finally, I want you to consider what is unique about what the invitation requires. And I've, I've hit on this a bit already in regards to every other invitation to rest that the world can offer. What, what all of the other invitations require is work or performance from us. Complete the steps, obey the laws, follow the rules, walk the path. The onus is on us to, to find our inner rest. The outcome depends on our ability to complete what is required of us. The work is ours to do. And here again, what we find is that Jesus' invitation is completely different from all others in regards to what is required. Listen again to what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All that is required to find rest in Jesus is that as we come to Him, we must take His yoke upon ourselves. What does that mean? (laughs) The yoke is an instrument of work that's worn by an individual across the shoulders, and, and it has something that you carry on either end. There's a weight on either end, something that you're carrying. Its purpose is that, is that the weight that you're carrying is distributed across an individual's shoulders, allowing, allowing them to carry more than they would otherwise be able to carry on their own. And so a yoke is an instrument for burden bearing. And when Jesus instructs us to take his yoke upon ourselves, the implication is that there is a, a transfer which takes place. His invitation is to those who labor and are heavy laden. It's an assumption that when we come to him, that we have a yoke that we are carrying and that it's a heavy yoke. It's wearing us out. It is causing the need for our rest. And what Jesus requires in order for us to find rest in him is that we give him our yoke, which is heavy, and that we take his yoke, which is light. It's exactly the opposite of every other invitation out there. The other invitations say, take this heavy yoke upon yourself, and when you finish the work, you'll find rest. But Jesus condemns that type of invitation. In Matthew chapter 23, he calls out the scribes and the Pharisees for doing just that. 
He said that they tie up heavy burdens that are hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Instead, Jesus does the exact opposite. He insists that we give him our heavy yoke, the burden and the weight that we are carrying with all of our sin, with all of our guilt, with all of our shame, with all of our failures, with all of our shortcomings, with all of our fears, with all of our worries, all of the things that weigh us down and burden us as we walk through this life. Jesus insists that we give them to him. Rather than placing the burden on us, Jesus lifts the burden off of us. And he bears it upon himself. When every other path won't lift a finger to help us, Jesus gave all of himself to help us. He carries for us what we can't carry on our own. And upon the cross, he bore the burden of our lives, of our sin, upon himself. He dealt with what weighs us down. He takes the yoke of our sinful life. And in exchange, he gives us the yoke of his righteous life, which is easy and light and a joy to bear. Because as we read in our New Testament lesson from 1 John, that when your heart is transformed and you love God, His commands are not burdensome. There's no weight to them. It's a joy and a privilege and a blessing to live in the way that God calls us to live. Do you see the difference? Of all the invitations to rest that are out there, Jesus' is unique because He invites us to a work that He has done on our behalf. All we have to do is to receive it. And when you put all of these things together, when you consider the uniqueness of Jesus' invitation to a person and not to a plan, when you consider the uniqueness of His character, that rather than being harsh and demanding, He is gentle and lowly in heart, and when you consider the uniqueness of what He requires of us, accepting His easy yoke because He's taken our heavy one, When you consider all of that compared to all of the other offers of rest and inner peace that you can find in this world, why would you turn anywhere else? When you think about the burdens that you carry and the weight of life that causes you to desperately need rest and peace in the depths of your soul, where are you turning? Church, the Scriptures Repeat this invitation again and again and again. Come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. Psalm 55, 22. Cast all of your anxieties on the Lord, because He cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Over and over again, the scriptures offer us to an invitation to find rest in the Lord Jesus that is unlike any other offer of rest available. It may sound like a a simple promise, maybe too simple for the complex problems of our lives, but a simple promise can relieve our most complex problems if we will trust and believe that the power behind that promise is strong enough to lift those burdens off of our shoulders. Will you trust Him? I hope that you will, so that you'll increasingly be able to join your voice with the psalmist who wrote, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens.
Church, let us accept Jesus' unique invitation to find our rest in Him. And let us extend that invitation to others for God's glory and for all of our good. Amen.